Okay. Hello and welcome to Sport Professor Podcast, the show for the sports student and fan who wants to learn more about the underpinnings of the sporting world. I'm your professor, Dr. Drew Sikansky, and today we will again take a quick tour of the world of sports as we combine the topics of game theory and sport gambling. Beginning with a review of what game theory is and how to use it, we will then move to connect theory to practice as we offer five tips for how to approach gambling on the upcoming NFL and college football seasons. So, if you ever wondered how academics use theory to bet sports, or how you can be more successful in picking winners this year, then this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Sport Professor Podcast. Today, I want to continue practicing something that we started with our last podcast, a format that I called a crash course. Just a quick overview into a single topic. Instead of providing the historical and evolutionary aspects of a topic and diving in deep about it, today, just like last week, we're just going to touch on a topic, introduce it, talk a little bit about it, so that you might have a better understanding of it in the present day. And that topic is actually one that we have focused on in two past podcasts. We did a whole podcast on the history of sport gambling. We then did a follow-up podcast where we talked about the terminology and the breakdown of what gambling is in the present day and discussed what the economic journals and economic literature and sport management literature has found in researching how to gain a competitive edge. But with the college football season and professional football season so fast approaching and listening and reading all this information out there to prepare for my fantasy draft and to also just prepare for the season, I started to get ideas in my mind about how I might want to approach gambling for this upcoming season. And all of that ideas were still based in some sound theory that I talk about a lot on this podcast, something called Game Theory. And so I thought, what better idea than just to reintroduce game theory quickly to individuals and then tell them five different tips of how that game theory can be applied to the current day situation that we're dealing with in college and professional football that might help individuals see how to pick or bet games better going forward. But we need to begin first, before we get to those five tips, with just a quick refresher on what game theory is. Now, just like with gambling, we have done a number of past podcasts where we've talked about game theory and its application in different settings. So this might be just a quick review for you, but some of you, this might be the first or one of the newer podcasts you've listened to. So I want to make sure that we're all on the same page before I hit those five tips. Just as a reminder, game theory is really what we call the art of analyzing strategic situations which is always kind of a fun, open-ended definition to supply people with, but then they always come back and say, well, what the heck is that? What is a strategic situation? The strategic situation is just any scenario that you are in where you are competing against other people, organization, groups, etc. to try to obtain a certain outcome. In game theory, we define a game as any situation that involves a set of players or people. It could be two, it could be three, it could be 30. For the set of players, we have a set of strategies or rules that we have to follow. And then we have an outcome that we're trying to obtain 
that we can define in some form of mathematical terms. So game theory stipulates players, strategies, and outcomes. So when we look at the application of game theory to sports, it's very obvious on its surface. If we analyze a game like football, we have two sets of players, we have two teams. Each team has different strategies that they take, different offenses that they run, different plays that they call, things that we identify as strategies, and they take on those strategies with the goal of winning the competition in something that we call a zero-sum game, meaning there is only one winner and there is one loser. Understanding this basic background of what game theory is allows us to take those ideas of a game, a competition between players where they can invoke different strategies to try to gain an outcome and apply it to a whole bunch of different contexts outside of just what's happening on an actual sports field. And where I like to apply it oftentimes is to management functions where we can look at how we make management decisions in different organizations to try to give us a competitive edge. Because the core principle of game theory is that if I understand what's going on within a game, I can identify strategies that can help me have an advantage against the other players or I can potentially change the setting, switch up the game so that I give myself an advantage. And that's what we oftentimes talk about or hear people talk about when they talk about gambling. We hear them talk about how can the gambler get a competitive edge? How can they get more information to turn that information on its head and use it to help them beat the casinos or to help them pick winners? So with that very basic, basic background in mind, understanding just what game theory is and the three key components to something being a game, let's move to get to the five tips that I have based off game theory, based off the literature about how you can approach picking games or even betting on those games for this upcoming college football and NFL season. And the first tip that I always have, I always give to people who might be interested in gambling or or who might show some interest is I always tell them that you have to remember that when you're betting on a game, when you're trying to pick a winner, you are doing it to have fun. We are not doing it to make money. Just like you might go spend $15 going to see a movie to sit down in a theater, buy some popcorn, and sit there and be entertained for three hours. The reason that you should be betting on a game or trying to pick a winner in a game is to enhance your enjoyment of that activity. It is three hours that you are spending sitting there watching the game and just having a little bit of money on it or having a little bit something at stake makes you enjoy that game more. I always tell people to think about this in terms of your favorite team, whether it's your favorite college team or your favorite professional team. When you sit down for three hours to watch that team play, you get excitement out of it. You get joy. You have a rooting interest. You get upset when certain plays don't go your way, but you get excited when other plays do. That level of emotional investment and attachment makes that experience entertaining and enjoyable. Gambling should be the same thing. By putting a little bit of money onto a team or by being in a pool where your friends all try to pick winners, by having an invested interest, just like your fandom is an invested interest, having an invested interest in the outcome of the game just makes you enjoy that game more. So when I think about gambling, I always think, well, yeah, I would spend $15 or $20 to go see a movie and be entertained for three hours. Why not then take that $15 or $20 and bet it to be entertained in those same lights? 
if you think about gambling in that way, if you think about it as just a way to entertain yourself, just like you might in playing poker with your friends or going to a movie or going on a trip, if you think of it as in a form of entertainment, which is what it is meant to be, then you might start seeing it in a different light. That takes us to the second half of this first tip. Not only do we have to think of it as a form of entertainment, but as being a form of entertainment, we also need to take into account that we're not trying to win a ton of money and we're definitely not trying to lose a ton of money. So you wanna make sure that you're having fun, but you also wanna make sure that you're not betting more than you're willing to lose. Every time you put down a bet, you should consider that you've lost that bet, that $20, that $5, those $2. You should consider that that money's gone, you'll never get it back. That way, you'll never get in a situation where you're over leveraging yourself, where you're bringing emotions into it. Because one of the big things that happens with gamblers, and this is whether it's poker, whether it's roulette, whether it's uh, sport gambling, what happens is you get what we call on tilt. You get emotionally upset because you lost a bet. And maybe you over leveraged yourself. You put more money on there than you were comfortable with losing. And then you start chasing. Then you start betting more and more and more to try to win back the money that you just lost. But as we do that, as we start to chase bets, as we start to chase money, we start to remove the rational part of our brain that's helping us make these decisions, make these picks, and we're replacing it with emotion. And when we do that, in terms of game theory, we've now just removed all the potential competitive advantage that we have, and we're just basically flipping a coin. So the first tip that I have for this upcoming season, if you're thinking or interested in gambling or picking games... You need to think of it and approach it just like you would spending money on a movie. Approach it as a form of entertainment that you're engaging in, as putting a little bit down or having something at stake that's going to make you a little bit more excited to watch that game and a little bit more excited in that outcome. But don't bet more money than you're willing to lose. Don't overage leverage yourself. Don't get emotional with it. Don't start chasing money. Do it as a form of entertainment. It will bring joy. Sometimes it might make you a little frustrated if you lose, but then when you lose, you haven't lost so much money that it ruins your day or that it might get you in trouble. Which brings me to my second tip. Find one team, whether it's a college team or a pro team or maybe one college and one pro, but find one team and become an expert in that team. Research what type of offense and defense they like to run. Look at how they perform against similar opponents that they're going to be playing in the upcoming weeks. Look at how many points they're scoring, how many defensive points they're giving up. Look and study everything about them. Because what game theory tells us is the more that we understand about the game, the more information we have about that game, the better the strategies, the better the choices that we can make because we're now basing it off of facts versus basing it off our opinion or basing it off that emotion that can sometimes drive us. Now, I would generally advise don't become an expert in your favorite team because when you bet and start picking your favorite team, you're normally picking with your heart. You are seeing the best possible outcome, and oftentimes when we're talking about our favorite teams, we remove the worst possible outcome that could happen, and so we end up losing money or losing those picks quite often. Pick a team. Become an expert. Research that team. Look at their head coach. Look at how their head coach plays. Look at their players. Know who's injured. Know who's starting on both offense and defense. Know how they perform on the road versus home and how they perform when they have to travel long distances versus in-conference games. Do that research. 
because that research is going to give you information that you can make decisions off of. And what happens is as you do that research into that one team, you might start liking that team or following that team. So maybe this year you say, you know what, I my team's going to be really bad. I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens and I'm going to learn everything about them. And in learning, I'm going to make a couple picks throughout the year. And when you're learning more about them, guess what? You're going to learn more about their opponents too. You're going to know about all the other teams in the AFC North. And so maybe it allows you to understand the weaknesses of those teams and see when they're matched up against another strong team how that game might play out. But I always do this. I pick one team. I learn everything I can about that one team. And then I base my decisions about how I might wager off of that. Speaking of wagering, something that I always tell people to stay away with or I always try to stay away with myself is our third tip, and that's season-long props. Season-long props are designed or set up by casinos or gaming sites to try to promote equal action on both sides. We talked about this in the History of Gambling podcast where I break down what gambling is and how it works, but normally a line maker is trying to set a point where they think they can get half the people to bet the under or half the people to bet the over. The idea being that if the over hits, the half that bet the under, that money that I have from that will just pay off those other people, the people that won. So I'm not really at risk of losing money. But in order to do that, in order to get equal amounts of people to bet both sides, especially of season-long props, they generally have to set that number pretty high. There is a basic component of human nature. We talk about this in game theory. We talk about this in a lot of theories as well. We tend, as a human race, as a society, we tend to not foresee the worst possible outcomes. We tend to only see the best possible outcomes. So if I'm looking at a season-long prop, and what a season-long prop is, if you don't know, it's the number of yards a quarterback is going to pass for, the number of touchdowns a receiver might have, the number of rushing yards or tackles. They set these props and they say over the course of the season, I'm predicting that Tom Brady has 3,500 yards. And then you would wager whether you think he would have more than that or less than that. Well, in order to set that number, to get an equal amount of people to bet the under, to predict that negative thing, they have to set that number considerably higher than what the likely outcome is. And since we as a society generally only see the positive things, we talk ourselves into the positive saying, well, Tom Brady has these new receivers. He has Gronk back, just signed Fournette. You start talking yourself and only seeing the positive things that can happen. So we tend to bet the over. And Vegas and casinos know that. So they set that over considerably higher to try to get equal action on both sides. But what those season-long props don't take into account This is, again, information that we can have to change the game, to flip the scenario on its head so we can gain a competitive advantage, is they don't take into account injuries, and this year especially, COVID. Because we still don't understand, as fans, exactly how the NFL is going to be handling COVID. Similar to Major League Baseball, we are seeing it kind of get made up as it goes, of a player test positive, them being out, how long, and all these things. Players in the NFL are going to test positive. It's not going to be like the NBA bubble. The NFL is going to be much more akin to what's happening in Major League Baseball, meaning players are going to test positive and they're going to have to miss games. Well, the season-long prop is set on the prediction that a player plays all 16 games. If that player gets COVID and misses two weeks, it becomes very, very hard for them to actually hit the over, to actually exceed the expectation that Vegas is setting. So generally speaking, I always advise to stay away from season-long props because 
if you are betting them, you should bet the under because of injuries and this year especially because of COVID, but it's not fun to root for the under. It's not fun to watch a game and root for a player not to catch a touchdown pass or root for a quarterback not to throw completions. It goes back to the first tip. Think of this as a form of amusement. Think of this as something you're doing to be entertained. We generally are entertained by rooting for people and rooting for them to do well. So that's another reason, another that idea of betting the over. But I'm telling you, season-long props, if you just bet every single season-long props, year in and year out, the statistics show at the end of the year, if you bet every single one as an under, you're going to make money. You're not going to win every single one of them, but you're going to win in that magical 55 to 56% range, which for a professional gambler means you're making money. So generally speaking, stay away from season-long props. If you are so inclined to bet a season-long prop this year, bet the under. COVID is going to be a real thing in the NFL, and it's going to cause players to miss time, which makes hitting those props almost impossible. Which, again, perfectly leads into my fourth tip. COVID is going to have a major effect on these games. Not only are we going to have players missing games, but you have to think, there was no preseason football games because of COVID. There were no in-person meetings in the offseason, meaning teams couldn't get together and talk and strategize about how to stop Mahomes or Lamar. They couldn't get together to install those offenses. Yes, they were still meeting. They were still doing things over Zoom, but they missed some of that critical time to put in a new offense, put in a new defense, or to get the players really ready to play since there was no preseason games. Meaning, I tend to think... That the good teams, the teams that have had the same coach, that didn't lose a lot of players, your teams like Kansas City, your teams like Baltimore, that those teams are going to be even better this year. And better in comparison to everyone else. Because they have cohesion. They didn't have to work in a brand new offense. They didn't have to work in a whole bunch of new players or new coaching staff. On the other side, the bad teams... Those teams that have a lot of turnover in coaching or players, those teams are going to be even worse. And that's especially going to be true early in the season. Early in the season, you're going to see a lot of bad football from a lot of teams. The teams you'll see the good football from are the teams that we expect. Now that goes against a common trend that we see in the NFL. Generally speaking, over the last three years, we tend to overvalue the favorites, meaning money is consistently put on the favorites to win and underdogs win each week at a rate that if you just bet all the underdogs, you would make money. I think this year that that trend might be stood on its head a bit because we will see the better teams have that more cohesion. They will not need those preseason games as much. They won't lose out on not having those offseason workouts. So those teams should be better. Now, Vegas knows this and line makers know this. So they will build that into the line. So generally speaking, early on, you want to bet the favorites. You want to pick the favorites to win. But if you're doing this for entertainment... You don't have a lot of information to go on because you didn't have those preseason games to watch. So I would advise staying out the first week or two, not jumping in, not picking a team. Use those first weeks as a gambler or as someone picking games to learn about the teams, to identify which team you want to become an expert in, and then watch those games and pay close attention and watch the other teams to see who might be those bad teams. 
we have some thoughts like Jacksonville everyone thinks is going to be bad this year because they keep trading players it seems like they might be tanking but last year we had similar thoughts about a team like Miami and they end up actually performing way better than a lot of people expected. COVID is going to be affect us because we didn't have those preseason games, those preseason meetings, which lends me to think that those teams that have more cohesion are going to do better, meaning the good teams are going to be much better, but we don't have a lot of information to go on. So be careful those first two or three weeks. Another thing that we really don't know is how having no fans or almost no fans at a game will affect the outcome. Generally speaking, the rule of thumb is that the home team is given three to three and a half points automatically. Meaning, if two teams of equal caliber are playing and they were to play at a neutral site, meaning neither one of their home stadiums, they were to play at a neutral site, it'd be a pick 'em. No team would be getting any points. But if that same neutral site game were to go to one of these or one of the team's stadiums or arenas, then that home team would be favored to win by about three points, by about a field goal, meaning they would be minus three. But a large part of that is built off the fact that you have fans in the stadium cheering you on. So if the fans aren't there, how is that three-point line going to be adjusted? Now, the other part of that line is based off the fact that you're home and you're comfortable and the other team had to travel to get there. So that three-point line might be more acceptable for us to put on a game where the Patriots have to travel all the way across country to play the Chargers because that long travel distance can wear on the athletes and still give some advantage to the Chargers. But if the Chargers are playing the Oakland Raiders and only traveling a short distance and there's no fans in the stands, we need to wait and see how that line is going to be adjusted. Because general line of thinking would be the Chargers traveling to Las Vegas would give Vegas an automatic three points in the line. This year, we don't know how that might play out. Again, this is why I would say, because of COVID, the first two weeks of the season, be a bit wary about picking games, about making bets, because we just don't know not only how the teams are going to respond, but we don't know how the people who are setting the lines are going to respond. And finally, the fifth piece of advice that I have is we need to remember who it is that we are playing against as gamblers. We're not playing against the teams on the field. We're playing against the bookmakers. And the bookmakers are, again, trying to set a central point line or a central point bet so that half the people pick over and half the people pick under. Well, if I know this and I know that I'm playing against that individual, that means my strategy needs to be how do I beat that individual? Meaning I need to understand what's going into making those lines. That's why I point out this information about COVID. And to me, the easiest way to beat that person who's setting the lines is to do something we call live bet and watch the games and place the bet after the game has started. Because the person who's setting it, the bookmaker that's setting that line, they're doing so based off of information about what they think will happen, what players they think will miss the game, where the game is going to be played, how the fans might affect the game, how so-and-so might be feeling, what the weather might be. They're taking all those things into consideration before the game starts, and they're using that information plus information about what they think the betting market might be. For example, we as fans tend to overvalue teams like the Patriots or teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, and they take all that into account and they set their line. 
But if we live bet a game, if we wait to watch the first five minutes of a game, you as a fan of football would be able to watch the first five minutes and get a bit of a feel for what's happening. You might be able to see just from watching five minutes, maybe Tom Brady doesn't have it today. Maybe they were making all these predictions about how awesome he was going to be, but I'm watching with my own eyes, he just doesn't seem to have the throws. Or I might be watching a game in the first five minutes, and I might see that the defense is really stopping the run for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and if they don't have a running game, they have no chance. I'm taking the first five minutes of the game, I'm watching it, and based off of what I'm seeing in real time, I'm then making a decision about who to bet. Now, the the downside of live betting is the odds that you're getting are not going to be as favorable. You might not be getting as many points as you would if you were to bet the game beforehand. But by waiting those five minutes, it's not going to change a ton. The spread isn't going to change a ton. The money line isn't going to change a ton. But the information that I have has changed a lot. And I'm able to do that while the initial line that they're moving was set so far before the game where they were just projecting that information. So live betting in terms of game theory allows me to gather more information to see with my own eyes what's going on and then make a decision. Whereas the line is also moving, the initial line that was set, which everything is moved off of, that initial line is based off of past information and guesses about what could happen. Well, if instead of guessing about what could happen, I'm watching what could happen, I'm going to have a much better chance at identifying which team I want to pick to win. For example, if you watch the Celtics game five against the Toronto Raptors, if you watch just three minutes of that game, you could tell that the Celtics were not going to lose and that the Raptors just didn't have it. Now, going into that, it was basically a pick one or two points, uh, depending on where you were looking, where the Celtics were slightly favored. So after watching three minutes, they might have only been a five-point favorite, but I was 100% sure that they were going to win by a lot. Just because I watched the game, I saw what was going on, and then I was able to make a wager. So going into this NFL season, you can take all of this and you can apply it to college football as well. So the five tips again, just to go over them quickly. Think of gambling as just any other form of entertainment. Something that you're doing to have some fun. Just like going to a movie. If you're willing to spend 15, 20 bucks to go to a movie, nothing is different than spending that 15, 20 bucks betting on a game. Because that little bit of a wager is just going to make it a little bit more exciting for you. In doing that, you wanna make sure that you have fun and you never bet more than you're willing to lose. The second tip, don't bet with your heart, go with your head. Remember, you are playing not against the teams on the field. The game you are playing is against the bookmaker. The bookmaker is not playing with their heart. They're playing with their head. They're taking in information and processing the information that they have to set a line. The way to get around that in tip two is to pick one team and become an expert in that team. Learn everything you can about them and then base all of your bets or all of your picks off of that one team. Along those same lines was the fifth tip I gave, which was live bet games and actually watch them. Watch three to five minutes. See what's going on. See the plays that are happening. See who has it and doesn't have it that day and then make your pick. Tip three was do not bet season-long props, but if you do, 
bet the unders because injuries and especially COVID this year are going to dramatically affect how many games players are able to play, which means those under props are going to hit at a very high rate. Fourth piece of advice was understand that COVID is going to affect the games, especially early in the season. We don't know how no preseason games and no off-season meetings, we don't know how that's going to affect the run of play. We don't know how not having fans or having minimal fans at games is going to affect the play. My general thought is that the good teams, those teams that have cohesion, are going to be even better and that those are going to be the safest bets. That trend does go against the past three years and what the literature has shown and that we tend to overvalue favorites early in the season and those underdog picks are better. But because of all of what's going on, those favorites this year, I'm projecting, I'm thinking, are going to be better bets early in the season. General advice though, know that COVID is going to affect the game and stay away for the first couple weeks. That way we can see how it's affecting, gather that information and use that information to help make our decisions. And finally, like I already mentioned, along with tip three was tip five, live bet games, watch the games, make your decisions about who you're going to pick if you can after the first three to five minutes. So I hope you found these five tips to be helpful and that this idea of combining game theory quickly with the notion of gambling to be something that is interesting and intriguing in a way that we as not only scholars but also practitioners can take a knowledge of a theory and apply it and put it to use. An important caveat here, I'm not telling anyone to go out and gamble or risk money that they don't have. It is still not legal in certain states around the country, though there is no federal law banning it now. But it is legal in multiple states, and there is a growing acceptance of gambling really across the entire country, just as there is an acceptance of going to a casino and playing roulette or playing blackjack. If it is something you're interested in, I would recommend you go listen to those two other podcasts that we did about a year ago on this channel. We talk about the terminology, so if there were terms here that you didn't understand, go listen to that second podcast we did where we break down the terms, what over and under is, and how you place a wager, and how bookies make decisions. By combining all of these things into this quick 30-minute podcast, though, hopefully you are prepared more for this NFL season and are thinking about who's going to win games in maybe a little bit different light. As always, if you have any questions on sport gambling or about game theory, please feel free to follow us and reach out to us on Instagram at the Sport Professor. Until next time, though, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sport Professor Podcast.